Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss Matt Damon. Oh, and also there was a WandaVision episode. Why is it the title? What the heck? No one calls me Dan. Except for like my coworkers. I da- don't like that. Danny, focus. We MCU news. We, we can discuss that later. Whatever. Tyler. Or Ty. Whatever you want to say. Anyway. So, yeah, we're just going to get straight into the thick of things. This is uh, Why Is With Ty and Dan. And in case you didn't hear that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, we're going to start off with the news of the week. The MCU news. Uh, first off, I don't know if you guys remember last week, we were very upset that Disney Plus did not title the WandaVision episodes, because it was just episode one and episode two. Well, don't worry, our long national nightmare is over. These episodes now have titles. <laughs> the first one was titled, Film Before a Live Studio Audience, which makes sense, because it was filmed before a live studio audience. The second one was titled, Don't Touch That Dial. Which is a perfectly fine title. I have no actual thoughts on it. And the third I, th- episode- I think that one, that one, if I may, I think that one's a reference to uh, who we see at the end of the first episode or the second episode, maybe. Oh, you know what else it could be? With- Sorry, go on. Sorry. Um, I mean, so yeah, it could it could be that mystery person who's watching, uh, who we assume that is a an agent of Sword um, that is watching. WandaVision on their screen. Um, you know what I just realized it could be though. It could be the radio dial because the radio that's is true. coming in. So, and the third one we will get to when we talk about the third episode because it makes no sense for us to talk about it right now. Uh, so that's the MCU news. Uh, all no, I'm kidding. We have actual news, guys. Don't worry. Uh, so we're just gonna move on to actual news, which is I think on Monday it was reported that Matt Damon was going to be in Thor. Love and Thunder, presumably reprising his role from Thor Ragnarok, uh, which is kind of interesting because it seemed like a one-off cameo, definitely. Uh, it, it did. So I mean, he he played an actor playing Loki in a play within a movie. So it def- like you said, it definitely seemed like a one-off cameo uh, that we just get this nice little inside joke and we move on. But uh, I'm interested in seeing what capacity he will he will have in Thor 4. Could be just another cameo, but then again, could also be more. Well, here's what's interesting to me there. is uh, So, we know it's for Thor Love and Thunder because the Australian Prime Minister <laughs> confirmed it, which is pretty funny to me that someone was like, yo, Australian Prime Minister, why is Matt Damon here? And he's like, oh, he's going to be in Thor. Uh, but the interesting thing I read is that he's going to be there for like three or four months so he's going to be there for the whole shoot which makes me think this isn't a cameo but that gets me interested and excited because i really hope he's reprising the role and not like just playing another character in it because i just think it'd be fun i think the idea of there being a random actor from asgard having a major supporting role in thor love and thunder is very funny uh and also it's a 4d ferrari reunion 
because Christian Bale's the bad guy in Thor: Love and Thunder. That's true. Uh, That's true. But my other thought on this was, is why is he in the movie? Wouldn't it be better if we gave his character a Disney Plus show? Let me pitch you this, Tyler. All right, you ready for this? I I don't know, but okay. uh, <laughs> all right. So let's uh, here we go. Let's do this. All right. So there is an actor who we'll just name Matt Damon. This I presume they'll give him a different name because Matt Damon is not an Asgard name. But the show is about Matt Damon, who is an Asgardian actor who's always had a struggle to like get like a good career. But then suddenly the leader of Asgard, Odin, takes a shine on him and goes, you're going to play my favorite deceased son in a play that will be the most important play in all of Asgard. And Matt Damon is thrilled. His career has finally taken off. But unfortunately, on opening night, Thor comes back and reveals that Odin is a liar. And now he's disgraced because he's aligned himself with Loki. However, that's the pilot. The actual show is about how right afterward... Half of Asgard is destroyed twice, and they get go settle on Earth, and Matt Damon has to deal with the new leader, Valkyrie, because Valkyrie's like, we can't trust you, because you thought Loki was Odin, and it's about Matt Damon trying to get his place back in the acting world, now that he's on Earth. Is, the, is this going to be set before... Is it like set between Infinity War and Endgame? Yep, we got five years to play with. We're gonna so we get that, we get that five years, and it's just gonna be nothing but Matt Damon. Yeah, well, well no, because uh, Valkyrie would have a supporting role in it. Oh, that's true. And Thor and, and Korg, Korg, I presume, would be in it. Yeah. Uh, right. We would get to see the 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 fall of Thor. Yeah. Well, in, so. all, in all honesty, okay, this is me being serious for a second, even though it has really nothing to do with this news. But I, I do think it's worth discussing. Is that my main hope when they announced Disney Plus shows was actually we would get a Valkyrie show set in the five years. Because I think her taking over when she's been gone from Asgard for a thousand years would be a really interesting TV show. Uh, because why would anyone Asgard trust her? Because she was an alcoholic for like 800 years, never even acknowledged Asgard, and now she's basically the leader because Loki is dead and Thor is depressed and gallivanting yeah gallivanting with the asgardians yeah Yeah. uh so i think that would actually be a really interesting show plus it would also like show how like new asgard was founded that said i don't think we're gonna get it because we're moving on with valkyrie like getting her first girlfriend presumably in love and thunder and i would think that if they were to do a show like about that five-year gap they would have included that because yeah it, it seemed like to me, I would rather have that developed in a TV show than a movie anyway. Uh, but anyway, that's just me being like, can you give Tessa Thompson a TV show, please? I would love Tessa Thompson <laughs> on TV. Uh, like a Marvel show. But yeah, anyway, so Matt Damon is going to be in Thor Love and Thunder. He's filming for three months for some reason. But we don't know really anything else. Uh, it could still be a cameo, though. We don't know. Anyway, so our other news is... Uh, don't worry, guys. You didn't accidentally click the first episode. Morbius has been delayed again. This time to 2022. It's going to come out on January 21st, 2022. On Martin Luther King weekend, actually. So, Tyler, what do you think about Morbius movie? So, uh, again. I think this is, <laughs> this is actually a really smart part on Sony to move to January 2022. Uh, because... The reason the reason why they moved is 
Jane, the new James Bond movie. No time to delay. Is James Bond twenty five. Yeah. No time no, to you say no time to delay. Yeah. No time to delay. <laughs> <laughs> they have all the time to delay. Um, so time uh, to die. <laughs> so it's finally time to die. That's what they're changing the title to. Um, so, anyways, uh, Morbius moved again because it would be competing with James Bond in the not only in the same month in theaters but the same weekend uh, you know opening weekend and let's let's be honest bond's going to blow out blow out morbius yeah um, and remember what i said last week about the imax stuff when i was like they might give no time uh, they might give morbius the imax because dune is on hbo max no mm-hmm. time to die will not be and no time to die will definitely get like the, the premium screens right yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah no time to die has been been delayed it was a, it's been delayed quite a few times already, so it's, it's, actually, it's ready to get out there. I think it's really funny. Sorry, this is a really side rant, but I do think it's interesting. So, anyway, No Time to Die and Wonder Woman 1984 were both originally scheduled for November 2019, and you know, if they had come out then, they probably would have made a lot more money. You know, like <laughs> no one knew what was going to happen, but. Just imagine if they'd both come out in November 2019. It would be done with. We wouldn't be waiting on them for so long. That's that's true. <laughs> Instead, now it's been four years to die for yes. James Bond. So, so yeah. But, uh, I mean, October 2021 is a crowded month for movies anyways. Because we also have Dune and Halloween Kills. So, I think in a different October, Morbius uh, would have more room. But this is definitely not its year. Um uh, but I I think moving to January 2022 is a smart move on on Sony to do that. My 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 thing that I was in, conf, not interested confused by was that this move, but uh, Venom two is still scheduled for June, uh, and Sony moved a lot of dates. It's just the other ones aren't relevant to this podcast at all. Like who cares about Peter Rabbit two, right? Uh, but anyway, so for Venom two, I'm I don't know. I guess they're not going to tie into each other necessarily. Uh, they probably, they, I would be surprised if they do, unless there's like a post credit scene where Venom's like, I have to go check out this vampire, you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting that to me, I would have thought Venom would have been moved back if they were going to move Morbius back so much too. If, if they're so connected. Yeah. 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 Uh, Although, granted, last week when they moved Morbius to October, Venom was still now going to come out first. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I I think now also worth discussing on this very briefly is that with Morbius getting delayed and No Time to Die and A Quiet Place 2, they all got delayed, this makes Black Widow now the first big return movie. And I'm curious if Disney will keep that. but we have no actual news on Black Widow moving or not. It's just like a, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But right now it's the first blockbuster scheduled to come back without a dual release. Like Warner Brothers stuff will be dual releases. Or the new um, Disney animated movie is going to be a dual release on Premiere Access and theaters. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Black Widow. Uh, I don't think we'll actually get any news on that front though, at least until March early march maybe yeah. late february well we were supposed to get march uh, in march we we're supposed to get uh falcon and winter soldier 
yeah. which the reason why Falcon, because originally this on the slate of Disney Plus shows, Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first Disney Plus show we saw, and then we were going to get uh, WandaVision. Yeah. Um, obviously, now we're getting WandaVision, and then in March we're, we are slated to get Falcon and Winter Soldier, but when they when they made the decision when disney made the decision to move black widow that's when they announced that they were going to move falcon and winter soldier and i think events between the two are interconnected um so i mean that's that's kind of a kind of theorizing there but uh i think we'll get a little bit of thunderbolt ross and maybe that's why they are uh i forgot why they're, in, I forgot why they're moving them back Forgot yep. using Black Widow. Uh, I, we'll see what happens. That's basically, uh, in my mind. Although, of course, you know, I could be wrong because I don't know anything that's happening in movies. The only movie, excuse me, the only TV show coming out that I think needs Black Widow is Hawkeye, which is at the end of the year, because Hawkeye has uh, Florence Pugh reprising her role from Black Widow in it. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I think falcon and winter soldier won't be delayed though if black widow is and i also think it's possible black widow does a dual release but to be honest if you want to know my actual theory with these release dates i think that they will move black widow one last time to when shang chi is supposed to come out in july and then put shang chi out maybe in september or october because there's the only thing in september right now is a quiet place part two and i know september is considered a dead month in Hollywood, but it chapter two, but actually no, it the first one did better. But both the it movies did very well in September, and I know they're horror and people like horror movies in the autumn, but no one's really put a superhero movie in mid September. I think Shang Chi could do well there, uh, and in my mind, we just go that that, and then Eternals in November still. I don't know if Spider Man's gonna make this year, but yeah. we'll see. Because I think that that one's a that one's a test on itself. I think, but. yeah, I think Spider Man will honestly probably end up moving to next year. I don't know when, but we'll see. I think it's. Le- I think if it does move, I'll be curious to see if they put Eternals at Christmas. Uh, but I also think it's possible if it moves that Dune will move to Christmas. Because I think the only reason Dune is not at Christmas is because Zendaya is in spider-man and she doesn't want to well i don't think warner brothers would want zendaya to have to promote dune but also be like but i'm also in spider-man which i know you all are actually going to go see you know right (laughs) well dude i mean spider-man's got spider-man's got a history so you know there's already going to be people invested in that so i think that's a smart move on warner brothers to uh to keep keep separate from spider-man 3 i'm curious yeah. i i do think this isn't a dune podcast but i've talked extensively about <laughs> dune two weeks in a row now i do think dune will move because dune is currently on the same date uh the day be- the week before no time to die and i think they both want imax and again i think no time to die more the clearer bet so i think dune will move even if it is on a dual release with hbo max because it doesn't make any sense for it to give up the IMAX screens. Because I think it and No Time to Die were both actually shot in IMAX. So I think they mm. both want some exclusivity in the format. Uh, but anyway, more that and, you've gotta, you, that and you've got you've <laughs> got to make your money back. Yeah. Too. So. 
Yeah. All right. Um. So, uh, moving on to our our mini segment uh, in the green room, in the green. Uh, where we where we both talk about something that we've watched that's non MC related uh, this week. Uh, Danny, what did you watch this week? So, uh, you can cut out this part. Do you mind if I ramble a little bit here because I want to tell a story? <laughs> <laughs> but sure. it is related to what I'm talking about. Don't worry. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this week I watched Sound of Metal, which I'd actually already seen. This is my brag. Is that so? Last year I went to the Toronto. Well, two years ago now, in 2019, I went to the Toronto International Film Festival, and I saw a load of big movies super early because that's what you do at festivals. The big one I saw that people listening to this probably would really care about it. I saw Jojo Rabbit early. Uh, I saw, like, the second showing ever. And Taika Waititi was there. And, oh, I freaked out. But anyway, very fond memories of that. Uh, but the first thing I saw there was the world premiere of Sound of Metal. And I remember seeing it and being like, man, that was really good. Uh, and the friend I was with was like, it was okay, I guess. No, that's not fair. They liked it too. But they would liked other stuff they'd already seen more uh and it has Riz Ahmed uh Olivia Cook in it I don't know if you know whoever those people are uh but Riz Ahmed was uh in Rogue One and he also had he's had a couple of tv shows that were pretty good and then Olivia Cook was did you ever see Ready Player One I did not okay well then I don't think you know her she's she's the love interest in Ready Player One but other than that she's been in very indie work and this is more indie work by her uh, but anyway, the movie's about this guy who, uh, he's a metal bander, band, a metal band drummer. He's a metal band drummer. And he suddenly, not suddenly, but he goes deaf. And it's about him coming to terms with that. And my point is, with me sitting at the world premiere, I remember I saw it, and I was like, man, I'm really happy that was my first film I saw here. Because no one's talking about this. For a good reason, because no one knew the movie existed till like, two weeks before. They're like, yeah, we're showing it. And it was interesting, because I remember I saw it, and I was like, this movie will probably come out in April and have a small contingent of followers who are like, that was a really good movie. Uh, but then everyone will forget about it, because there's always, like, indie movies like that in the first half of the year. But then <laughs> the, the pandemic happened, and they moved it to fall, and now it's, like, positioned as this major Oscar contender. And I'm really happy for it because basically my point is my takeaway from rewatching it was I think I underrated it when I saw it in Toronto. Now I think it's like a five out of five movie. I think it's the best movie I've seen from 2020, uh, even though I saw it in 2019, which is kind of funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it is it's really good. I recommend it if you have Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. And, okay. And if you watch it though, make sure you watch it with subtitles because this gets me mad. Is that the filmmaker told us at the Q&A after the world premiere, he was just like, yeah, I made this film designed... I, when I saw it in Toronto, it had subtitles on it. Uh, and he's like, I made this film because I want there to be films out there that are always open captioned. I think movie theaters don't offer the good accessibility options that are needed. And kind of the point of this movie is accessibility. Like, it's supposed to let you get immersed into deaf culture. And... So, my point is, if you watch it on Amazon Prime, make sure you turn on the captions. Because Amazon Prime does not tell you to turn on the captions, even though the director is like, the captioning is an important part of the experience. And I agree with him. Uh, 
because there's a lot, it's, well, yeah, it's, it's about deaf people, so you should watch it with captions. And also, the director says you should watch it with captions, you should do it, because respecting filmmakers is cool. They don't, they make <laughs> this stuff for art. They don't just make it to be consumed. So anyway, that's, that's my rants about Sound of Metal, which is the best film of 2020 that I've seen. Uh, what about in you, 2019? Yeah, I did see it in, but in 2021. No. I, never, I didn't watch it at all in the 2020 calendar <laughs> <laughs> Danny Vincent, right, rates The Sound of Metal as the best movie of 2020 after having watched it in 2019 and 2021. Well, okay, okay, but to be fair here, okay, I've been searching for like a 5 out of 5 movie all of 2020. And the only things I gave 5 out of 5s to where Hamilton and what the Constitution means to me, never which are movies. They're plays that were recorded and released on streaming platforms. So me, me finding Sound of Metal be like, yeah, this is a 5 out of 5 movie. It's such a relief. Even though, yes, I guess it's not really 2020 to me. <laughs> but I will count it because I have been searching so long. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, what did you watch? I watched The Devil All the Time. Which has uh, Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson, and Sebastian Stan. Oh, um, nice! Spider-Man, Batman, I... and Winter Soldier. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I okay. So I went into watching this film not knowing. I only knew that Tom Holland was in it. I forgot that Robert Pattinson and Sebastian Stan were in it also. Um, so I went into this movie with out an idea of what it was about i thought from the from the description on netflix i thought that i was like we were gonna watch an angsty tom holland growing up in like the 1950s and i was like oh well let's let's see angsty tom holland it was quite different than that um but i i enjoyed the the performances all around i thought this is a fairly big cast and uh everyone had a pretty solid there wasn't i you know there wasn't a time when there was an actor on screen that i thought okay well that could have been this character could have been portrayed better um no i enjoyed all of the performances and uh, the accents were very very convincing and well done i never want to hear robert pattinson talk in that high of a voice again but, I've heard he's uh, very. I've heard he's very over the top in it, and that's the main reason I've. I haven't watched it, uh, but it's been yeah. on my list for a while, and I might get to it before uh, I'm done watching 2020 movies because I always do my catch up. Uh, but I'm I'm interested because of Robert Pattinson because I've heard he's he's huge in the movie. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's it was like I saw I heard. I heard him talking, and you hear him before you see him, and so, so you like hear him, and it's like, who is that? What actor is that? And then the camera focuses on him. He turns around, and it's like, holy crap, that's Robert Pattinson, <laughs> and yeah. So, so going, which uh, I've been really impressed with Robert Pattinson's acting. Um, I've only seen him in three movies which was the one and only Twilight movie I've seen, which is the very last one. Um, I've heard that one's the best. So, uh, <laughs> we have no perspective was, because you have no perspective. Them all. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I, 
I, he he was very dry in that in that one, so I wasn't a fan. But then seeing seeing him in Tenet and now uh, the Devil all the time, I props to Robert Pattinson. I'm excited to see what he's gonna do in the new Batman film. If you want, if some, that uh, ever comes out, when that comes out, well, um, I think but, we'll, we'll get it at some point. Oh. <laughs> uh, if you want some Robert Pattinson Rex from me off the top of my head, uh, Good Time is. I wasn't super big on the movie, but he's really good in it. It's from the guys who made Uncut Gems, uh, which I don't know if you ever saw or not. Uh, it's but, Adam Sandler, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then another really good one, even though, again, I'm not super big on the movie itself, is The Lighthouse, which is like him and uh, Willem Dafoe are locked in a lighthouse for like weeks on end. And it's it's labeled a horror, but it's more like a bizarre comedy that you have to watch with subtitles on because they all have incredibly thick accents and it's uh by the guy who did the witch which was that horror movie that came out a couple years ago but anyway if you want to if you want to get into some rob pats those are the performances of his i really liked and he is fun in tenant he's very fun in tenant oh yeah Uh, yeah so uh so yeah i i uh definitely it was yeah like i said it was was not the film i was expecting but i did in did enjoy the the film um would i watch it again yes but i think it's gonna it'll be one that i watch maybe every one maybe once every so many months um i find watching uh, a, if, if i rewatch it so i find rewatching netflix movies to be super like hard to dedicate time to if that makes sense because yeah like for example i loved marriage story two years ago now gee it's 2021 i need to remember that i loved marriage story and i actually ended up seeing it twice in theaters which is crazy because it's a netflix movie right uh but then once it was on netflix i was like huh, i wouldn't mind watching this again but like it's on netflix and there's so much other stuff i need to watch on here that to me sitting down and re-watching something on netflix is just something really hard for me to dedicate to i'm trying to think oh I, you know what i did rewatch i think i've rewatched one netflix movie ever and it was set it up which is one of the rom-coms, and I really love that one. Uh, but anyway, that's just me. Uh, with, uh, yeah. I can't really watch, at least their prestige stuff, which I think The Devil All the Time falls under. I can't really rewatch it for whatever reason. I just cannot yeah. never focus on it enough. It's hard for me to focus on like their stuff anyway, but that's a side, that's a different issue. Anyway, maybe, maybe I, I should check it out. Uh, but I don't know when I'll get around to it. I've got a lot of, got a lot of stuff on my list. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Dev All the Time and Sound of Metal both get recommendations from us if you're looking for something to watch on Netflix or Amazon Prime. So, so I think now we can talk about the other streaming service, Disney Plus, and the very short content they put out this week. Because to me, I feel like this episode was shorter than the last two personally uh it, well, we don't it even, was yeah. 20, 20 like with actual content um and this is throwing the recap in with it uh it's 25 25 minutes because it's six minutes of credits of in credits i'm curious so, how long the first episode was because i feel like that's around what the first episode was but to me mm-hmm. to me the first episode felt like it had more in it uh, even yeah. though this has a lot going on in its last five minutes, uh, to me the first episode was good. Like, 
<laughs> it's me kind of tipping my hand there. Um, what I thought about this episode is, well, at least the first one was good. <laughs> the first one was good. <laughs> the end. But anyway, uh, so, Tyler, lead the way on the discussion here because... I don't think I have much to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. So last week you talked about how you were excited that episode three was going to, you were hoping that it was going to be Brady Bunch um, focused. And did you get your Brady Bunch fix with the intro and episode as a whole? Nope, not at all. Uh, no, I, I didn't get the vibe. Because, okay, to me, from what I've seen of the Brady Bunch, right? Uh, and this is this is me getting to my issue with the episode in general. Is that the Brady Bunch is a giant group show, and obviously it's a family sitcom, and we don't have the family yet. We're probably gonna get the family next week now that the babies are born. Oh, by the way, spoilers for the episode. Uh, obviously, you're listening to a recap podcast, but I feel like we always have to give that disclaimer. Uh, but anyway, so Brady Bunch is a group show. This episode was basically just Wanda and Vision until the end. And that, to me, severely hurt how engaged I was with it. Because we've already established that... This is the big complaint of the episode, which I think everyone should have. And if you don't have this complaint, I'm sorry, you're wrong. uh, Is that Catherine Hahn was barely in it. (laughs) And she's been one of the best parts of the show in the first two episodes. That's true. And she was in this for like a minute. (laughs) And she she wasn't funny. She wasn't funny also. It was just kind of like... All right. For the time for the time that she was in there, I think that she made every minute every minute of it. Um every single of it, the one, the one single minute. Every minute. <laughs> wow, single... every second. Every second. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Yeah, she made every second of it. So, uh <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah, you were saying that it it felt almost empty like until that last 5 minutes when we finally get the rest of of our main main characters, even Dottie, makes an appearance there. Oh, I, I um, have a towards the end. Actually, that's but, what I wanted to mention when you mentioned Dottie. I just remembered. This is what my I was telling you before. Uh, my friend, I was talking to him about this episode, and he made a really good point about how this failed to uh, capture the Brady Bunch in the seventies, and that Dottie appears in a cutaway gag. Right? It's like we cut away to her and her husband, and it's like does this make me look fat? And he goes, oh, thank God the lights are out. But, like, cutaway gags weren't a thing in the 70s. That was not something they did. It is a very modern sense of humor that is in this episode. And I think it works in the moment. Like, but compared to how slavishly dedicated the Bewitched and the I Love Lucy episodes were, it along with every, everything this episode, this didn't feel like a Brady Bunch. It didn't... The only thing that made it feel like the 70s was the use of color. And I'm not See, just talking about, like, their being color. I'm talking about, like, how the set and their outfits were extremely colorful to, you know, like, show off, hey, your TV's color now, you know? But mm-hmm. besides that, nothing about this really felt 70s to me. I, I thought that, uh... I was thinking... When, when... Last week, when you talked about how they were so dedicated with the first episode of being uh, like how they shot with the cameras of being very, very close to how I love Lucy was uh, shot and portrayed. Um, 
we we started to see in episode two they got away from that um of that they got away from that dedication i think that could also be explained by the realities starting to warp of wanda's bubble reality and the modern modern day uh starting to the influence of the modern day is starting to make its way into wanda's reality um maybe but here's the thing though you're right you're right but i think the second episode still has the magic show sequence this episode so the first episode has the dinner party and the second episode has the magic show sequence where they're legitimately what i would call comedic set pieces that are good they're funny this doesn't have that this if it has it has her trying to hide her pregnancy from geraldine while wacky stuff is happening but none of that was funny (laughs) it was for like because you know the other humor in this is forced like that's the point sitcom humor is forced but there is a charm to the cheesiness in this i did not get that charm first episode's 50s second episode's 60s third episode's 70s is time moving is it one day is yeah per, per episode or what it, you know are the days all in order or is this spread out over months or a year see that's How... what that's what uh stuck that actually is one of the things that stuck out to me this episode is that in terms of reveals is to me it was a very quiet reveal when vision said at the beginning it's like this is like stuff that I, I don't know if he said earlier this week but he talked about the dinner party and the magic shows if they were very recent things to him which to me that means this is like a daily thing every day is different and that to me is pretty interesting because that negates the impact of how much of a how much scale this has you know what i mean like people always talk about uh civil war right people will be like civil stakes that's one thing i'm thinking of stakes not scope people always talk about how civil war as a movie lacks stakes because there weren't deaths which is something i disagree with but my point is more this sets the stakes to be that this show is likely taking place over the course of a week or two weeks total. And that's interesting to me because that means, one, the theme songs aren't canon, which is kind of a bummer because I really... I will say what I did like about this episode is I didn't like the song itself, but I liked the theme song sequence. I thought it was a very good sequence. It was very fun. It gave me more Catherine Hahn than the actual episode, it felt like. Uh, uh, and I think the other thing that was interesting to me was that Vision remembered the last two episodes not not that just he remembers but he remembers them as if oh that was normal that now I'm in the 70s and last yesterday I was in the 60s and the day before I was in the 50s that's pretty normal to my life and that ties into what I'm going to talk about later with Vision Uh, because I think the interesting stuff in this episode on paper it's with wanda but i think to me the really interesting stuff was with vision in this episode vision uh, very obviously call recalls stuff in the past that he's he's recognizing it as odd that he's like yeah this is basically not everything is uh holding together as as well as what uh wanda is hoping and he's kind of like you know this is really weird i think something uh, something odd is going on here 
and uh, and then go back to episode two, and he uh, he suggests no, he doesn't suggest. It's when they at the end of the episode when they go outside and they see uh, they see the, the mysterious the beekeeper. Yeah, <laughs> when they see the beekeeper, um, they see him and she's like. Uh, Wanda says no, and they rewind back. Um, something something is tied between the beekeeper and Wanda, obviously. But yeah, Vision questioning um, of something being wrong, and then Wanda just rewinds it. That was the best moment of the episode, um, by the way. The rewind. Yeah. yeah. Also, did you notice the uh, the rewind did not have it was instant. Yeah, that's what it I was like. They it took, was like it, it was like they took it was like they took two video clips and just set them next to each other. Like, it was wow, yeah. It was like they're like it was like the director was like cut and they just did a new take and I then they that. just yep started right away. Yeah. Um, so I, I really did, I did that. appreciate that that we're not getting we're not getting the same trope. Yeah. you know repeated wanda is just con- she's constantly rewinding or changing changing the reality um she's obviously much more comfortable with her powers watching yeah. how she just cleans the house and puts the baby room together um and definitely by the end of the episode we can confirm that she's fully aware of what's going on and she's exerting her will on this reality even if she is not the original constructor yeah. of it. Um, I think so... going off of that, we should just... Um, let's jump ahead. Uh, we'll go back to talking about Wanda. But since we're on Vision, let's talk about my point about Vision. And then we can go back to talk about sure. what, You know what I mean? Like, Because we're here. Uh, yeah. So, to me, the thing that also was revealed this episode... With first, the rewind scene. But then later on, when he's talking to Catherine Hahn and the other neighbor. Is Vision... This ep- it was kind of sus- uh, I don't want to say suspected, but like you could see it from the first two. It was hinted, but this episode pretty much confirms that Vision is himself in a way here. Like he is not a projection of Wanda. He has his own autonomy. He because Wanda doesn't want him figuring out something is weird, and he's he himself is starting to investigate. Like why is Catherine Hahn whispering to the neighbors about Geraldine? That doesn't make any sense. And I guess. Some people were like, no, we know Vision is separate. Because Vision, normally in shows like this, like a story where someone's in a reality, we're not going to follow the other character when Wanda's not in the scene. Because why would she imagine that? But my counter to that was that Wanda herself views this as a TV show, right? So Wanda would see everything that's going on, even Vision when she's not in the room. But I don't think that's true anymore. Because then she would see that she was, he was talking to the neighbors and getting suspicious and she would have rewounded that too. Rewind, rewind That's true. Uh, so now I'm really curious about where does Vision come from? Because I don't think he's purely from Wanda's mind I, or Wanda's projection. He has to have a personality. And I saw one person online pointing out that in Infinity War, Shuri says she's back, backed up his consciousness. So maybe Wanda got a hold of that somehow. But I also think... I don't... I don't think that answer makes sense because to me this is meant to be standalone somewhat. I mean obviously it's going to tie into new stuff and obviously this episode mentioned some of Wanda's past but I think just randomly bringing up oh 
yeah, so I went to the Wakanda embassy and I stole Vision's backup, you know, or something like that. I don't think that's going to happen. It doesn't make any sense to the story we're being told. But I'm curious about where Vision is coming from. Because I don't think it's just Wanda. Wanda is a creator or co-creator in this reality. Um, I don't think if she is a co-creator, I don't think that like someone using her to create the reality, I don't think that she knows who who that is. Um, and I think in our fir- in the first two episodes, she seems she does seem perplexed as to what is going on. But by the third episode, she seems, especially at the very en- at the end, um, she seems very much in control. And it's a this is my reality. I control it, and I'm going she wants to if it. it exactly she wants because she's utopia. she's got she's got vision back, and you know she's got a life with vision because I, why did they run away in Infinity War? You know. Yeah. Uh, why were they alone? They wanted a life, a life together, um, and so that's also, finally what she's got. Sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, I'm curious also with that is that this episode at the end, we don't have this as a discussion, but we'll just, I'll just mention it. Is like at the end, you know, she mentions her brother for like the first time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe since Age of Ultron, <laughs> but she mentions him, and she's like, "I had him." But to me, if she can bring back Vision and she can have children, there's no reason why she can't bring back her brother. You know? Yeah. Or yep. even Ultron. We could see James Spader in this show at some point, which would be really cool, in my opinion. But that's a mm-hmm. side note. That's a sidebar. I've, I've got a I think it's more likely theory... we see her brother than we see Ultron, to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a theory that Ultron, Ultron's still out there somewhere. But uh, that's that's for another day. Yeah, yeah. Whenever we're watching <laughs> um, that's a discussion for another time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, um, so I think Vision is starting to become. I don't think he's fully aware of the bubble reality yet, um, but I think that he's starting to to get there, um, especially with the Doctor's small towns comment of he's where he says uh, small towns so hard to escape. And then he leaves uh, the house after the twins are born, and uh, Vision just kind of looks at him like, "What you know? What are you talking about?" Um, and then of course the scene right before that where he's talking to the neighbors and Agnes, and it's just kind of like, "What does it matter that Geraldine doesn't have a house? What are you guys talking about?" Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, and, and I, then Wanda I think... just dismisses him with, "Oh, she went home," but I think Vision is also like. But those guys just told me she's literally homeless. So, mm-hmm. what? You know? So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I think going, like, building off of what you were saying, where he talks to the neighbors, I think Agnes, I think Agnes knows what's going on, and she's just stirring the pot. Um, and I think she's got some motive that we've not seen yet. Right, am I allowed? Um, to, am I allowed to talk about something from a trailer? You know, because that's kind of a spoiler. But I well, think we saw the initial trailer. I, th- right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the main big thing with Agnes after this episode is I'm really curious how her line that we know is coming in the Halloween episode, where she tells Vision that she he's dead. Because uh, mm-hmm. right now it seemed to me like she was trying to hide that from him. So I'm curious what will cause her to change that well is she was she hiding it from him 
or does she want him to figure it out, but she's trying to pique his curiosity to keep looking into things? Because she could have just, she could have closed it down right right then and there with with Vision and just told him, you know, like, she could have not even brought up uh, the stuff with Geraldine, yeah. you know? And I think I think if all that would have happened is uh, the doctor made his small town's comment and then... Agnes and uh, is it Herb? Herb? I didn't catch his yeah. name. It's not um, Ralph. But, I thought I thought they were implying that it was Ralph, and then she was like, "Oh, yeah. but Ralph's at home." So I was like, huh. "Yeah." The neighbors didn't have to say anything to to Vision, but they did. They engaged with Vision, and I think that I think Agnes is trying to get Vision to. She's stirring the pot with something and. And I don't know why, but uh, she's. I think she's leading him on to to uh, figure out what it is exactly will cause this big this big uh, blow up at the end. I guess. But uh, but yeah, I did think when Agnes leaves, and then uh, uh, I'm gonna call him Herb because I think his name is like Herb or Herbert or. Something yeah, close. Yeah, we can call him Herb. What, he's, <laughs> he's just going to be so, Herb now. It doesn't matter. For this episode, <laughs> he is Herb. So, anyways. Um, so, Vision is talking with him, and he he says, because we are all... And then he doesn't finish that. And I wanted to say, like, is it is he trying to say fake? Are we all fake? Because we're all fake? Because we are all dead? Um, because if it's we are all dead, then that goes even further. Because we know Vision is dead, you know. I, so I would that would ex- explain if, it. I would be extremely surprised if they're all dead because, as we see with Geraldine in this episode, she's not dead. <laughs> so right, like, we have that definitely confirmed. Is that Geraldine is not dead? You know. But what about everybody? Everybody else. In, in that reality that they all that they may all be dead if this if this really is I'm gonna go back to my my theory from last week if this really is a big plot by Mephisto I have I have a yeah, counter theory I, by the way at some point but I, I will talk about it because I see you have it on the thing later that we're gonna talk about yeah so I have a I have a counter theory for you but not yet uh, but yeah, yeah so I, yeah I could I just, see it being thought, a, yeah no I get what you're saying uh yeah, if it is Mephisto, I guess I could see what you're saying that like these all these people are dead. But I'm going to counter with the uh, this is a Disney show <laughs> uh, thing, and that <laughs> I don't think that anyone in this show. I don't think I don't think Wanda is living in hell right now. I think that is too much of a twist for a Disney show. I think them fighting Mephisto and yeah, I could buy that, but. All these other characters being dead. No, I think it's more likely they're like kidnapped people or government agents or people who got stuck in it. And that also, ignoring the Disney meta commentary there, is the doctor's comment saying it's really hard to leave. To me, implies more they're prisoners than they are dead. Okay, because so. we are we are all prisoners of this reality. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's really at this point, it's all speculation as to what he was going to, you know, finish his sentence with there. But, uh, but yeah, and then he. And then Vision goes back inside. Um, before we get to speaking about the last, 
the last little bit of the episode um i do want to talk about the twins yeah um so in in the comics these twins were magical constructs of wanda's powers and she actually gives them souls by using slivers of mephisto's life essence and then eventually they are reabsorbed by mephisto and then years later we get two young men billy kaplan and tommy shepherd who are wicked and speed um, and they're actually reincarnations of billy and tommy i don't think that if we are going with a mephisto line here i don't think that we're going to get the reincarnation i don't think disney is going to be like hey you had these babies and now we're gonna kill them, kill them. yeah i don't and think the, well yeah, i don't think so i don't but, think these uh i don't think so this entire episode was the pregnancy right right like we went through a whole pregnancy episode. I don't think these people are gonna be babies still. For I think next episode maybe they'll be babies, and by the end of it they'll be like six or seven. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be rapidly aging. And for example, I think when I think I don't want to get too much into speculations off of like this is what the trailer has. So blah blah. blah. But I definitely think that by whenever we get to the Halloween episode, which might be next week. I have that trailer. I have no idea what decade the Halloween episode is supposed to be. In. That's that's true. Um, yeah. I think they're going to be actually, like, trick-or-treating with their kids. Uh, which will be cute. But dark, because, you know, uh, this is a disturbing reality. But anyway, my point is, is that... Uh, well, I forgot. my No, I didn't forget my point. My point is, is that I don't think that these will remain babies. Uh, I think we could very well be their young men by the end of this. I don't think they will be, though. I think it this ends... It, the like if this ends and they somehow get out of the reality as Wanda's like you know her she embodied them right they come from her mm-hmm. brain or uh, yeah. if they somehow survive this process at the end I think they'll be probably around the age that like Haley Steinfeld and uh, Florence Pugh are like young 20s at the oldest because I think you know they want to use them for one young Avengers if yeah. they do stick around uh also, uh, now might be a good idea time for me to tell you the counter-argument I've read against Mephisto. I read... This is the only... So I, I engaged in the discourse after we finished recording last week. And there was one theory that really stuck out to me as one that I haven't heard discussed. And I'm like, ooh, I kind of like that. Is that the person behind this all could be Baron Mordo. Uh, oh, that's true. Because we know this will tie into Doctor Strange too, Because... Scarlet Witch is in Doctor Strange too, and we know Mordo, if not the main bad guy, is a major bad guy in Doctor Strange too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he certainly has the capability to do what this show is doing. He also can access the multiverse because we know Doctor Strange can do it, and he is more accomplished than Doctor Strange. Uh, and I don't know necessarily what his motive would be and why he would be tar- targeting. Scarlet Witch and Vision, but I do think if, say, the second to last episode like was just a reveal of, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm not even going to bother trying it, but the actor who plays Baron Mordo popping up, and that's like the cliffhanger, that would be crazy. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be crazy anymore now that I've speculated it, but I feel like for most people, it would be like, whoa, I recognize that guy from Doctor Strange, and that means that, like, actual sorcerer stuff is involved here. 
Yeah. Um, well, there is a little bit of substance to that because at the end of Doctor Strange, um, Baron Mordo decides that he is leaving. He's leaving the the order, and he's actually going around. Um, we get the end credit scene of yeah. Doctor Strange where he kills uh, he Benjamin he, Bratt's he's character. Going, I don't know exactly, yeah. and uh, so he's going name. around and he's. <laughs> He's ki- he you know he's killing these other uh, other sorcerers, so he could see Scarlet Witch and decide that I that he's not powerful enough to destroy Scarlet Witch, but Scarlet Witch could destroy herself. So yeah. you and know, she there's, could be a there's powerful ally. You know, well, classic yeah, classic Darth Vader uh, thing where he might be like, join me. And you can keep Vision and your family type of thing. I don't know. That yeah. might be honestly a bit of a generic way to go, but I wouldn't. I'd be. I'd be okay with it. Uh, I like. I really like the actor who plays Baron Mordo, and I think he was pretty wasted in uh, Doctor Strange. So if he ends up being the guy behind the strings, I'd be very pleasantly surprised. Uh, but yeah. That's that's my that's the theory that's the only theory I read online that was like yeah that'd be fun everything else I was just kind of like it was either something we already discussed or I was just like eh, whatever you know <laughs> I guess I guess that could happen I don't really care if it does you know yeah uh, but yeah uh, uh, as for Billy no, and that's, Tommy that's a I good think one. yeah as for Billy and Tommy I think they will I think we'll see them older next episode and that will be fun maybe we'll even get like in. Yo, you know what? Just this literally just popped in my head is like the Halloween episode, right? What if it's yeah. basically like an Incredibles Halloween episode? Think about that, because by that point they should be having their superpowers, and it'd be like we want to hit up because one of them. What does Wiccan do? Speed obviously like runs fast, right? Wick, Wiccan, yeah, speed. Okay, so think of Wiccan and Speed as just being Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Okay, that so yeah. Imagine there, I mean, if you will, Speed are, just being like, I want to hit all the houses for Halloween candy. <laughs> like, that, that would be good yeah yeah they could de- that would definitely be be, an, be I- so an idea yeah. i mean next week could be 80s but then the episode after that be 90s what if billy and tommy are in high school by this time and we get like a boy meets meets world that'd be cool. um you know or yeah. say say i have a Bell. feeling i have a 80s, feeling though but... this show will not be able to resist the temptation of doing full house with an olsen sister uh, that's true <laughs> or at le- least doing something of a call t- you know towards that but yeah. but yeah so then what, uh, what I will, did you I think? want a sidebar every time we say Billy and Tommy I just think of Bill and Ted and I'm like yeah the, I, want the, <laughs> I want Bill and Ted to show up <laughs> <laughs> at the very end of the episode Geraldine is thrown out of this bubble reality by Wanda um, and then we see sword set up around this very much like how shield set up around set up a perimeter around thor's hammer yeah yeah, yeah in yeah. the first thor movie so uh i hadn't thought so of that. yeah that's a good point uh, so so yeah it's very very much um i saw that parallel together um but then geraldine being thrown out of this do you think she was aware like was she aware the whole time that she when she was in the bubble reality that she was in this reality or is wanda's 
magic so strong that she she was convinced for a time to go along with what whatever Wanda I think, wanted. I think she was convinced. Uh, I don't think she, she was. I well, okay. So she sees. We see she has like the sword necklace, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's tells Wanda that she shouldn't be there, right? Uh, I think. Other than that, I think the way the way I viewed the scene was is that she was touched by what Wanda said to her, and that brought up a repressed memory that was probably repressed by Wanda about, oh, your brother was killed by Ultron. I'm so sorry. And mm-hmm. even though she meant good by it, she wasn't trying to like trigger Wanda. Wanda was like, I don't want to hear it. Get out. How do you know that? You shouldn't even be here. Get out. You're... No. What I thought was interesting about this, this is this is a very like small detail, but I think it's worth acknowledging is that when she got thrown out, she was still in her seventies attire. She was still wearing what she wore in the episode. It wasn't like mm-hmm. the real the real Wanda's reality went out with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh which gives implications on how powerful Wanda is, if it is Wanda who's charging this. Uh because she wouldn't be actively thinking about her still being in the 70s, you know, if she threw mm-hmm. her out. Uh, True. But as for Geraldine, I think, well, I'm excited because to me this means that next episode, most likely, we will be getting stuff outside of the sitcom, probably during the commercial breaks, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, rather than having the commercials. And side note, the commercials episode was bad. It wasn't. It wasn't funny. And we already established that Hydra was a thing last week, you know? So it's like, whatever. You didn't give me anything new here. Uh, yeah, I, I looked for something in the line, bring bring out the goddess within you. I I looked for something in there, but we've, to my knowledge, we've not had anything else that would allude to there being a Marvel goddess involved with yeah this unless unless right Kate Blanchett just pops off at the end like, right it was me yeah. the whole time <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty funny honestly i would be like all right Kate Blanchett all right i'll take it um <laughs> yeah i don't know uh that was basically my hope at the end of the episode is that next week we'll start having scenes outside of wanda's world because i'll be honest so like the first two episodes i was totally on board with this homage thing uh, I don't think they had much to do this week. I think I already said that I thought the episode itself was very mediocre. It felt very like we were spinning its wheels so we could get to those five minutes. Whereas the last two episodes, I felt like it was very integrated. Um, the sitcom plot with the weird stuff. Uh, this it was like, man, this stuff isn't funny. Let's just get to the point. And I was very, I was disappointed by that. So. Maybe they don't have the fuel for all these decades. And if they don't, that's fine if we're going to see stuff outside of the world. Because I would love to see Randall Park and uh, the actor who plays Darcy, who I can't remember the name of, pop up next week. Because I don't think they'll be entering the sitcom world. Even though I think it'd be fun if they would. Because both those actors have like a lot of experience on sitcoms. So yeah. they would really fit. Uh, it'd be a fun like meta casting but anyway i guess we'll see next week what happens that's really i don't really have a lot of speculation for next week other than i think the twins are going to grow up quickly 
Yeah. And I think we'll get scenes outside of the world of sitcom for the first time on the show. Yeah, I'm my biggest yeah, you know, my biggest prediction for next week is that we get we get the twins. I'm hoping that we get Wicked and Speed out of this. Um I I think that Disney's going to go with a quick silver that they'll want to go with speed because they want that quick silver esque type hero. Um because they did not they got it for one movie and even then he wasn't a main uh he wasn't like an Iron Man or a I've, cap. I've always you know? thought yeah, this this could be saved for a Civil War episode that I know we're gonna do. But I've always thought it'd be interesting to imagine Civil War if Quicksilver hadn't died. Because uh, I think the movie'd be very different. Yeah. And it'd be I don't want to say it'd be better, but it'd be very different. And I think both Wanda and Vision would have had better roles in that movie if he was there. But that's a side note. Uh, yeah, I hope... I do hope we get Quicksilver on this show, though. I don't know if we're going to get Aaron Taylor Johnson, if we're going to get Evan Peters, which would be crazy, if we, or if we get someone entirely new to play that role. Because uh, I would think Aaron Taylor Johnson being on the show would have been leaked or in news, and I haven't seen that anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I'm also I've also speculated earlier this episode that we could get James Spader to pop up, but I don't know why. I I think James Spader surprising me, like surprisingly being on the show, would be less surprising than Aaron Taylor Johnson showing up, just because I think James Spader. Well, James Spader does TV, you know. Aaron Taylor Johnson mm-hmm. was in Tenet. He, he's big shot now, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're done. Yeah, I think that concludes All our right. episode. Uh, there wasn't much. I, as we said, I, I as I said to you, I, I didn't think this episode had much to discuss in it. And I yeah. we talked a lot about it. I think we've thoroughly taken out everything important about it. Uh, other than, of course, be saying uh, Paul Bettany uh, MVP. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. Uh, you can catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or on our website, whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. And also, you can follow us on Twitter at why at whyiswithtyand1. Because I'm number one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> catch y'all next week. Catch you next week. Catch you next week.